Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. We are glad yeah. to be back with you one more week. We are glad to welcome yeah. our brother what back. What up? Glad to back. be back, y'all. Glad to be back. Thank y'all for playing. James is back. Yeah, he's been down for a couple weeks, but God raised him up off his bed yes, of a <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Saw fit, but give him a few more rises yes, the sun, and we just yes, say sir. thank you Amen. for just yeah, a few yeah, more yeah. days. Yes, yeah, sir. We got our sister Alicia with us. We got our brother up, with everybody? us. We yeah. are here for another conversation in the black. And this is one of the more controversial topics mm-hmm. within the church and within the mm-hmm. community itself. Women in ministry. Uh-huh. So we're going back to the black church experience and women in ministry. So where so all everybody, where do you stand on women in ministry? And since Alicia's here, we might as well mm-hmm. say right uh-huh. first. <laughs> so Alicia, where do you stand on women in ministry? Alicia. Alicia? Yeah, we can now. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, um, ladies first. Okay. Uh, in the spirit of Queen Latifah. Um, so, I'm on, the, I'm on the podcast with millennials. They don't know ladies first. Okay. Yeah. So, I know. Man. Yes, oh, we do. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you got you. I didn't know if y'all were born. Okay, I didn't know if y'all really kind of, you know, knew throwback hip-hop. But, yeah, um, I got you. How do I feel about women in the ministry? I am a woman in the ministry. So I feel quite all right Ooh. with it. Um, and, okay. you know, I found myself, you know, um, kind of getting tired, you know, of talking about this just because, um, you know, uh, a lot of are still on the fence, right? Like they matter. But a lot of folk are still on the fence about women in ministry and who God can call. And I think, you know, we probably should reframe the question about, you know, women in ministry and really talk about, you know, the calling. Because I have heard and I have witnessed and I have been around some, some people and some preachers who you know, were not women. And it was mm. interesting that they mm. called themselves preachers. Mm. So um, I wonder, are we asking the right, the right questions when we talk about women in ministry and mm. really about who God calls, right? Because, um, you know, I think we have a really good basis uh, or a Bible basis, right, biblical stance on why women have been called or can be called by God. Now, you know, if, if we are embarking on Easter, y'all know Easter, you know, we throw, we throw down on Easter in the black church. You know, uh, if it wasn't a pandemic, everybody have on their Easter suits, Easter dresses, Easter baskets, Easter egg hunts. And you know black preachers throw down on Holy Week, Passion Week, oh, Good Friday. We already started taping for uh, for the seven mm-hmm. last words. 
and all kind of programs mm-hmm. because that's our thing, right? But here we are talking about the death of Jesus dying on the cross and ushering in, you know, uh, a new day, uh, a redemption for sinners, for, for his children. And it started with a woman anointing him. Mm. 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 Well, you went out. We lost you, sis. See, you start talking about hell and everything. (laughs) (laughs) That solidarity with the way Jesus was getting ready to go. A woman who understood better than the disciples did who was determined to prepare her Jesus at all costs. They complained about the money she spent on what she anointed Jesus with, and Judah sold him, him out for 30 pieces of silver. And you going to question mm. me mm. about my solidarity with my Lord? And if I can recognize my call, that's all I'm going to I'm leaving right there. Now, y'all go. <laughs> y'all ain't going to say nothing? For me, I'm from the stance of God can use anybody. God has no respected person. If he can use me, I know he can use anybody. So Mm. me who has sins, who sins daily, if he can use me, then I know he can use anybody. That's just my stance on it. Like I just believe that God can use anybody and he and he qualifies who he uses. Well, let me go before uh, 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 Alex goes. Alex is trying to, him and Elise be trying to shut the car. <laughs> Don't go. What you mean? What you mean? Let me. Man, they be going in. <laughs> let me go before they go. Lord Jesus. But um, as for me and my house. <laughs> Uh, it, what's interesting is, and I'm going to take kind of a little long way to get to my yes that I do believe. But um, growing up in my uh, home church, I was taught that we, you know, women didn't come into the pulpit, women didn't preach, so on and so forth. I was taught that, but I was not taught the why to that reason. So growing up, oh no, we don't. I don't. I don't believe in that. How come? Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> That's, I, that's that's a good question. I don't know why I don't believe that, but I frequent in churches in Louisville that have women in ministry, and they seem to be very capable. Um, seem to deliver uh, sound and solid messages. Uh, did, did well in, in the pulpit. So had no idea why I didn't believe, but my thought, you know, eventually evolved when you, when you know for yourself and you learn for your for yourself. My thought evolved to surely um, if God can use me and I was called at 16, but I, I ran from that call, but God has a sense of humor. Regardless, it's not about me. Um, God, God, if God can use me and like Jameson said, all my sins, because surely I'm, not, I'm nowhere near perfect. Um, surely God can use a woman to proclaim his word uh, the argument that I hate, the argument <laughs> that gets on my damn nerves, 
is the argument from um the conversation that we had in in our um in our group the first point someone said i believe that god can use anyone that avails himself to be used if he can use a donkey that pisses me off <laughs> if he can use a donkey then certainly he can use a woman that I, that just sounds like the dumbest damn thing to me <laughs> and i'm sorry that just pisses me off so like I, somebody said earlier are you comparing uh, a woman to a donkey like no god can use who god chooses to use whenever Amen. he chooses to use them and when jesus appeared after his death his burial and his resurrection women. he appeared to who some women and he told them to do what go and tell ain't that what the gospel is ain't that ain't that preaching yep so surely surely not if god can use a donkey god can use whoever Whenever, wherever, however. That's what theology does. So, yes. Yes. I believe in women in ministry. And you know, it's funny. People will say, oh, well, the usher board is a ministry. Oh, being the church secretary is a ministry. Right, it is, but you sound foolish. You know what the conversation is. You know what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, women can preach the gospel. Alex, go ahead and, and, and do, do what, what Alex, Alex does. <laughs> Man, he kills. Alex to, kills it. Trying try to shut down the podcast. All right, here it is. It's done. You know, man, we got 45 <laughs> minutes left. Oh, man, you know? man, that David Weapon Spear, Doc, that David Weapon Spear. <laughs> well, in that case, I will do my best to be succinct. <laughs> go on ahead, boy. Man, go do your thing. Let God have his way. <laughs> so, the I will start off by talking about my personal experience. Uh, I grew up mm-hmm. in a very anachronistic and dogmatic uh, Baptist church, and we were missionary Baptists. And mm-hmm. so we uh, doctrinally, we didn't believe in women preachers, but I had pastors that often did believe in women preachers. They were just afraid to take a stance or to really rock the boat. It was basically one of those instances they supported it privately, but they went along publicly. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So, oh, wow. And so that created this dichotomy for me of how to view women in ministry, that they they are able, capable, and that God can call them. He just can't call them here. <laughs> and so then uh, I had a female mentor that was a pastor of a Presbyterian church, and she began to tell me her story. She began to tell me her struggles, her strains, Uh, the problems she had faced, the discrimination she'd had to endure. And it pricked my heart so deeply that I said, surely God has called women. Surely. Because only somebody called by God could take this much hell and still decide to preach on. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Only somebody called and commissioned by God could face these crucibles and still say, I'm called. Mm -hmm. And have that commitment and that Mm. willingness and that determination to want to continue on in the face of blatant sexism, blatant discrimination, and just blatant hatred and ignorance. And so that really shifted me to believe and certainly women can preach and then growing up one of my Sunday school teachers was a female preacher she just never told anybody at the church and she taught me so much about the Bible and helped to shape my thinking and theology so much at that young point that surely she must be called to preach and so I've always supported women in ministry Uh, when I pastored I would make it a point to bring women in to preach May I would dedicate to women and I would do my best to bring in women preachers every Sunday because I wanted to give them that space and to affirm them. And then biblically speaking, we can't dance around or negate the fact that God uses women. Because when we look in Genesis, sin came into the world through Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. through both of them. But God chose women to be the salvific conduit. That's right. Because he said that it would be enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Not Adam, but the woman. And you see that uh, motif or that trope all the way through the scriptures that there is this salvific nature in women. That's right. That's right. That, that women are always giving mm. birth to salvation. Whether That's it's right. the fact that God blessed Eve to have another son after Cain killed Abel, or, or whether it's the fact in the book of First or Second Kings, it was Jochebed that saved young Joash, literally saved the kingly line that would lead to Jesus. Uh, uh, the fact Ruth was in the family line of Jesus, the fact that it was uh, Rahab that saved Joshua and them when they were spying out Jericho. There's always this salvific uh, um, theme attached with women the fact that jesus the savior of the world came through a woman came through a woman a woman carried the word so so literally women Mm. birth salvation women have a critical role in the salvific process so how can we deny women the being, how can we deny women the right to preach, which is one of the other forms of the salvific process? It's the main form of the salvific process. So you say a woman can give birth to salvation, but she can't preach it. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Watch yourself. It's ridiculous. And that makes me, that makes me think about, you know, um, so we don't ran through Alex. Great job again, bruh. We run through uh, women and their place uh, in history, in biblical history, and the salvific um, um, place that they that that God has put us in. Right now, we know that, and that's what people can't deny. I know they wanna they wanna slander Paul and talk about Paul and what he said and. And and women be silent. And, you know, you got different denominations who choose to, you know, uh, carry that out in different ways, right? 
even, um, you know, missionary Baptist, because that's my tradition. So I feel like if that's my tradition, I sure enough can talk about it, right? That that is that is the denomination that I come from. But since y'all telling stories, I saw a woman in the pulpit growing up. I was at Jefferson Street Missionary Baptist Church, and Reverend Janet Watson was the assistant to the pastor, right? And I didn't I did not question if a woman could be in the pulpit uh, because I saw a woman as number two in the church, right? So, but then as we, as we kind of moved around, I saw another side where I just thought a woman maybe didn't want to come to your church. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't know you felt some <laughs> kind of way about it uh, until I got called. Right? And, oh, now we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And I contemplated all kinds of things, right? Because AME don't have a problem. Not for real. I mean, you know, you have um, Vashti McKenzie. You have um, a lot of Mm -hmm. women who are leading in the space um, in the AME church. You have the Disciples of Christ, you know, where there are women pastors. But here we go with missionary Baptists who have, who, who you know, mm. sort of refuses to, right, to move in the direction of women, not just preaching, y'all. You know what I'm saying? I mean... I, I know some Negroes that can't preach their way out of a paper bag. <laughs> and you want to, and you want to. <laughs> and if it's wet, and you, and you put two holes in it. wet and, and, and punch two holes in it, they can't preach their way out of it. And then you want to question me. So that's what I'm saying. I'm, 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 I'm past women if women can preach or not. For real. Like that's, that's a, that conversation is just gone. The question is, why aren't we seeing more women leading, not just preaching, but leading the church? And so here we go with some maybe biases or some things that we have to reconcile because it's okay for me to preach, but Lord forbid I become a pastor, right? Or um, I lead in a space that's not traditional for women to lead. You will let me be president over the kitchen. Or, or, yeah, yeah, you, I can, can but think? I ain't. Guess, guess. <laughs> so, listen, yeah, you, you can, can work, work with, with the, the kids. kids, you can be the um, be president the youth, of the choir, you can the teach Sunday school, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you, you can be over the choir, you can be on the Esther boy, all that, all that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But where are we and how quickly are we moving and even thinking about? Do you know these men done came? To, I know I'm on the call with all men. But we are in a we are in a, a state that we had to create a podcast to help do our part in pushing the black church forward. Never thought of now, we on this podcast. 
But here we are, you know, still talking about women in ministry, and the question I'm telling you needs to go past that. Because, hell, there's a lot of people that believe women can preach, and they're like you said, Alex, they'll do it in quiet. Like, yeah, they behind closed doors, they'll root for you, rah, 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 but won't speak up when they pastor talking crazy about you in the, in the, in the office. Or, or when you're getting slighted because you are a woman. But I think, you know, in order for us to move the black church forward, we need more women in leadership. We need more women pastors. We need more women in leadership so we can disrupt the flow. Mm. Oh, I heard something there. So you're tired of going with the flow. It's time to interrupt the flow. I hear you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I hear you. Because we've had we've had so, quite a lot of men leading the, the church. And especially the black church. I know we got Southern Baptists, but we ain't talking about the rest of them. I'm talking about the black church and where we are today. Now, if you're satisfied with where we are today as, 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 the, as the black church, go right on. Power to you, more power to you. If, if you like it, I love it. But if you're not satisfied with how the state that we're in and how we are moving about the pace that we're moving about, what we're doing, how we're doing it, the 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 choices that we that we make about who can be in our congregation in our pulpit and who can't, holding people down back. We need to have a conversation about more women being more inclusive and seeing if we can't try to turn this thing around. No time like the present. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, someone made the point that there are more women in the church mm-hmm. than are men. The the women the so, women so, Alice, would you say it was eighty percent? The women make up eighty percent. The men make up twenty percent. So, it, wouldn't it make sense for there to be more Correct. leaders that are women? And then what what? What happens to the church if the women, if said women, decide to close their check pocketbooks mm-hmm. and their checkbooks? Yeah. What happens if said women decide not to sing want, in the choir? You wouldn't have. What if they church? decide not to usher? What if they decide not to be on in the in the youth ministry? What if they decide not to be over the kitchen? You'd have a church, it right. just wouldn't be a functioning one. <laughs> yeah, you have a building. Mm-hmm. A well With that same statistic, the fact that women make up over a majority of the church, <clears throat> as we say, the often the 80 20 uh, ratio, because mm-hmm. the truth is, women do make up 80% of the church, possibly more. And so men make up 15 to 20%. So in certain regards, now you're not going to like this argument, but it, I don't necessarily agree with this argument, but I I do believe we should flesh it out. In that regard, wouldn't that make men a minority in the church? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right, and it so does. With them being a, a minority. Okay. The fact that the church is overwhelmingly female, the leadership of the church being overwhelmingly male would <laughs> appear to be a balance. Instead of being imbalanced. What, Alex? So, since women make up 80% of the church, mm. so that means every ministry or everything you have is populated by women. But when you look at the leadership of the churches, when we say leadership, we mostly mean pastoral position. They're male. So would that not appear to be like a checks and balance because there's all these women but the few males that are here leave. And so it's almost like a Yes, it's almost So like you're saying more of a checks and balances system? The fact that it's overwhelmingly female, the fact that most of the men are in leadership, it balances it out. You don't have to agree, but it's worth it's worth fleshing. Mm. But like you have piss poor men <laughs> at times. But in not leadership. as a woman to be a good leader either. <laughs> now, now Just, see, that's you the know, part for... of the conversation we don't often want to have. <clears throat> Is that the same way there are men that can't preach their way out of a brown paper bag? The same can be said for some women. Just like there's some dynamic men that are preachers, there's some dynamic women that are preachers. Mm-hmm. Just like there's some great men that are, there are some men that are great leaders, there are some women that are great leaders. Just like there's men that are some, there are some men that are bad leaders, there are some women that are bad leaders. And so for me to push the conversation, we need to stop looking at gender necessarily and look at who is better suited to lead, who is better suited for this. Because ultimately, it is about the Bible teaches us that God places the gifts in the body as it pleases him. So what is he placed in, in these individual bodies? What is he placed in the church universal? And who's best suited to lead? Who does God want to lead? Who is he calling? Who is he anointed? But you know, a lot of times folk pick their friends to be in charge. And it's not that they have the qualifications, the leadership skills. It might be, this is my child's godparent. Uh, so-and-so gave me money when I was when, when I was sick. They fed, well, they, they, they came to see about me. When I was hungry, they fed and me. And that's wrong. So, yeah, they, I'm going to put them no, in charge. It doesn't mean they're going to be the best person. That doesn't mean they're going to be the best leader. We need to be open and honest and truly seen and examining and discerning from God who is the best leader for this church, who is the best leader for this ministry. Whether male, female, Jew, Gentile, free, that's what Paul said. For us to pick up our discernment, we have to make sure that um, we're studying ourselves. Ultimately, we need to make sure that women are placed on an equal playing field. 
that that's the key. Women need to be placed on an equal playing field. But once that equal playing field uh, is achieved, it should be about who is best suited. Well, I think that uh, it should be an equitable playing field. And that was my point when we first came on, right? So not about (laughs) are women called to preach. It's have we been called, all of us, right? And so you're right. It doesn't mean that all women will be better than men as we lead. It depends on the person. But here's the thing. We are not even starting off equal playing field. It's not level. Because if you're looking at certain traditions, here we are, a congregation has never even thought of a woman being a pastor or a leader. In, in a position where she will lead the church or shepherd the church. It is, people don't even think that way because we've been conditioned to think that only males can pastor us. Or um, when we talk, we have immediately use the pronoun he when we're talking about the pastor, right? So we have to do the work. And that's why I was saying, no, it's not uh, balanced because if it's 80% women and 20% men and then they're 90% male or 95% male pastors. No, because if this was about race and it was a country and it was more African-Americans or more black people and then all we had all white leaders, a couple of black people, then we would have a problem. We would have a problem with people who don't represent us or who are culturally um, uh, uh, separate from us who would be leading us. So that's why it does not make sense. Now um, we know that women are the ones that are pushing the church forward anyway. Right? So some people could argue y'all are running it y'all are the majority in there. Right, or if, but that's not true, and that's why we have to represent. I think we need to start have, make, helping people, or making it plain, or speaking up, saying that women um, should be in positions of leadership. So the next time you know a pastor, uh, the next time a pastor is uh, retiring, because you know black preachers, we we got to retire to lead. Uh, uh, the next time a pastor is retiring or something like that, we need to start having conversations about not just the man that we're going to pick to be our next pastor, but who is the right fit. And it could be a woman. I totally agree. I rock with it. I I agree with it as well. But you know, people go back to the, (laughs) well, the church is the bride of Christ. <laughs> and so if you have a, a, a they, don't, they won't say a woman. <laughs> lady, yeah, that's, yeah. If you have what a is lady it going to make the church gay or something? I mean, come on. That's spiritual lesbianism. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You have that a, you have a lady preacher. That is ridiculous. But I do, I mean, I think I think that um, I want to ask my brothers on here, and I'm gonna start with Andre. Uh, uh huh. Been called to the carpet, dog. Boy. 
Jameson, you next, and then Alex. So, you know, what, what, have you ever found yourself in a position where, um, number one, you did not speak up, right? When the time was right for you to um, side on the right side. And the right side is, uh, like you were saying, equality, right? Um, equity, uh, something being fair when it comes to a woman in uh, ministry or leadership within the church. A, a time where you could have spoke up, but you didn't. And then as we kind of move forward, what do you think, how will you use your voice to support women in ministry? So let me say that before, when I got to Nashville, Nashville, I saw, I was a part of a church. Um, The church I joined when I got to Nashville, women and men, she were present. So it was cool. When I was in North Carolina in the military, women and men, she were present. So I was good. Um, Transitioning to uh, my other church, Mm -hmm. there was a co-pastor ministry, husband and wife, which meant what? Women and ministry were present. My current church, the question was raised, well, Pastor, where is your stance on women mm-hmm. in ministry? Oh, they fine. We just don't do that here. <laughs> Where's your stance? Oh, I, like I just said, if, if he God can use me, if God can use me in, in my mess, in my sins, being far from perfect, mm-hmm. then God can use a woman. God can use who, who, like I said, whoever, whenever, wherever, however, so on and so forth. And he looked at me and I looked at mm-hmm. him. He said, well, Reverend, I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Cool. No problem. I guess so. But his heart, um, his his heart, his mind, he was of the old school. And again, mm-hmm. you talk about my past. He, you know, when he's from the old school, he's from the old mm-hmm. school. Oh, oh. You know how you do your double <laughs> double? Oh, oh, he's from old old school. Yeah, <laughs> I'm from old old school. So, fast forward 2020, 2019, 2020, 2021. All right. We have licensed women in ministry now. But it was a constant conversation. Um, you, you know, women women couldn't couldn't even women in ministry or women ministers or women pastors could not even preach on Women's Day for, you know, because we we just didn't do that. So, Pastor, can, can I invite a, a, a young lady, a, a, a woman in ministry to do Youth Day? No, we can't do that. Cool, no problems. No worst you can say is no, but I can't, I, I can't get that if I don't ask you. Pastor, when I get ordained, I have friends who are women in ministry. Now, I recognize they can't come uh, and sit in the pulpit, but can they come down for the laying on of hands? Yeah, Reverend, that's fine. So, you know, it was an ongoing conversation. So I can't say no, I have not. I, I was always speaking up, but I was respectful of the answer and the boundaries that were set. So it wasn't like uh, beating him up or you got to do this, you got to do that, so on and so forth. 
But as he learned and as he grew and as the Lord touched his heart, again, here we are, 2021, we have uh, two women in ministry at this, at this time. So not to know who else is called or what have you, but that's where we are. So I have tried to be that voice for the right <laughs> at all times, even if it's gradually. And I got to the church in 2013, mm-hmm. 2013. So 2019, we, we was licensed. Mm-hmm. 2018, 2019, we was licensed in women. So mm-hmm. like I said, gradual. As far as the equity part, um, that's something that has to be taught. That's something that has to be taught to the people. And it has to be taught, again, gradually. It can't be forced on or beat upon. Because, you know, when, when you start forcing and beating, the folks start splitting and starting their own yep. and tearing up <laughs> ministries. And some ministries probably need to do that. Mm. Some ministries probably do need to, to split from toxic culture. Mm-hmm. And, and toxic and toxic teaching and um isogetic yeah. te- teaching mm-hmm. versus exegetic teaching you know what i'm saying but um it's when the equity it, it, it takes time and it, it takes the teaching to to get there mm-hmm. so the people can grow to that point you know some it'll t- it'll happen quicker than others but if your leaders aren't teaching that, then the people will never get that. And the craziest part mm-hmm. for me is when women don't believe in women. But but <laughs> but listen to this. I think me. I think so, that's uh, interesting uh, uh, because Jameson, if we're saying you know, that it's, you know, 80, 85% women in the church, and you know, we call ourselves, you know, voting on the pastor and, you know, um, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, making sure that our voices are heard, you're right. Because if if more women are voicing that they want um, a woman to lead or they want to hear a different type of voice, then it'll start with women, a lot of it. Jameson? Has there ever been a time I haven't used my voice? Yeah, there's been plenty of times where I didn't because I was scared to because of what people may think. But now I'm at the point to where, you know what, right is right and wrong is wrong. <laughs> I don't care what you may think about me. Like, but what you're gonna what you are gonna know is that I'm gonna stand up for what's right. And how am I going to use my voice? <laughs> With platforms like this platforms like this getting it out there that hey there's a problem in the church there's a problem within our community we need to fix this we need to figure out how we can be better and how we can do better to make sure that our sisters are not forgotten about that's why I wanted to do a platform like this so that conversations like this can happen because it's not going to change we can talk about it behind closed doors all we want, but now that we're getting it on a public platform, hopefully it's going to start making some changes. Okay. I hope so, too. 
You up, bro? Okay. So, has there ever been a Alex? time that I did not use my voice? Uh, I will say when I was very young in ministry, mm-hmm. uh, because at that point I didn't want, like quite like Jameson, I didn't want to offend anybody, and I didn't want to get ostracized myself. That I part still wanted that acceptance. <laughs> I still wanted those preaching engagements. Uh, I still wanted the, those those connections. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, because of other decisions I made. I lost a lot of those connections anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, then God sent me down a different, totally path, uh, a totally different path. And and so now I use my voice to advocate for women in ministry. Any chance I get to, if there's a chance for me to include a woman in something I'm doing as far as like ministry, whether it's on my show, um, That's right. uh, if I'm in charge of getting a speaker for a service, I want to make sure women are included. When I was pastoring, I would always give women preferential option. When I was calling for guest speakers, uh, I would do things centered around women, um, especially, like I said, the month of May. And then throughout the year, we would do things specially geared towards women where women could come in and preach and teach. And really, I'd open up the pulpit for that. Um, and so for me, um, I just use my voice and use what I can influence to help propel women in ministry. Because as a young preacher, starting off young, I was in the country. They had never really seen young preachers before. And so they told me I could preach. So who am I to say that a woman can't preach? Because we've all pointed out we're just as sinful. Um, So there's no reason for me not to support and help uh, women in ministry. Because the thing I appreciate the most about women in ministry and women preaching, women pastoring, is they bring a totally different perspective to things that we would never think of as men. Mm-hmm. I can't preach about the woman with the issue of blood the same way a woman could. I can't preach about how Sarah would feel to find out that she will be pregnant. Uh, after all these years of not being able to be pregnant and she was elderly, I wouldn't know how that feels. (laughs) But women can preach those texts with a certain passion and conviction and experience that makes those texts live in a way men never could. And so, and so, ministry, it helps it helps to it helps make the church well-rounded and it helps to make us as people more well-rounded because when we get to hear women preach or teach or see them in positions of power and they get to tell their story and their perspective it should push all of us forward amen and you know um that's right you know women um we have a special connection with the scriptures, right? That, you know, preaching um, from uh, a woman's perspective about a, about a woman in the Bible, about a biblical character can bring it new life. But then we also can, can preach any other scripture, right? With just as much conviction. Yes, most definitely. And with just as, and with just as much power as the next person. And so, um, you know, 
if 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 um let me say thank you guys for sharing and for answering my questions uh since this since we're talking about women in ministry and thank you for your support right in in places and spaces where um we need allies right and a lot of people think you know um that you don't need people in ministry you do no we need each other (laughs) yeah we do because i i know i know that there is a brotherhood in ministry i know it is i went to american baptist college I've been in the black church all my life. As a matter of fact, I was born mm-hmm. in it. And it is a brotherhood. Right? And if we're going to continue to move forward, we're going to have to be more inclusive. I think that is probably one of the biggest reasons why it feels like, and I'm going to speak for myself, it feels like we're stuck. I'm talking about as the church, as the black church, it feels like we're stuck. And I ain't talking about, you know, you got your mega churches, you got your small churches, you got your mid-sized churches. I'm talking about, I feel being stuck. And that's because we are more exclusive than we are inclusive. I don't care. You know, I mean, very rarely, even in mega churches, you don't you don't find women being leading the mega churches and being pastors, and that's all about money. You know what I mean, y'all. <laughs> and you know, I was out of another conversation on that, but <laughs> sounds like a topic to me. What it is, I know, right? It is what it is, you know. And so when we're talking about um, who's qualified to lead I think I think you know we need to change the conversation from not if women can but who should be like you were saying Alex like all of us have been saying who's the best qualified to do this work in this season and I'm not going to even talk about and I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit because I think and this is getting off topic a little bit I think Black preachers stay too long in pastorates. And when they pass, I think <laughs> I do. I think I mean if the Lord says stay there for fifty-eight years, well then I guess you got to stay. <laughs> I'm just mm, saying we got one is there just uh, yeah. If if the Lord says you supposed to stay there, by all means, you you stay there. But if you were supposed to be gone fifty years ago, right, and you stayed just because that's what black preachers do, that's hurting the church too. That's hurting the church too. Regardless if a woman was supposed to, to come and lead after you. Or it was a man. Like we have to understand when it's time to go. When it's time for the next person to be up. That's how you help move the church forward. That's how you you bring in new life, new ideas, a new way of leading, a new way of doing things. If if I got the same person leading me for 58 years, I hope I'm growing. But do you think I am? (laughs) 
She really comes. She really mm-hmm. throwing them singers tonight. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I, Lord, I've been telling, like I said, Bible said, I ain't say it. I'm gonna say it. I, I got to say it because I think we need to, we need to have these conversations. This is the folk are leaving out, y'all, and we know what that means. And if it's going to be left up to us, we may as well have these conversations now. We need to talk about this because we got to help the, the, the black family. We got to help the black community. Everything that we talk about on this podcast has everything to do with black people. And our current state and where we're going to be. And the church has to be included in this. I, I agree. We shouldn't feel like family members conversating about who's going to get grandmama's cast iron skillet when she's gone. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, because, well, well, one of the things with the black church, not to get off subject, I know we're running out of time, but one of the things with black people, period, is we never want to plan for the end. That's mm-hmm. why we got, that, that. that's why we got GoFundMe for funerals. Uh, I mean, we from the country, Jane. I know you done seen them before. They got to look at, they got to look a can in the gas station, raising money for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff, because we just don't plan for the end, or we don't plan for the future. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact for a long time, black people never really saw a future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we was comfortable where we was at. <laughs> they just saw their existence. They never really saw a destiny. Ooh. And so that I think I think that's another great conversation, and I'll digress right there. Man, yeah. Look, from this conversation, we done got about two or three different conversations that we wow. can have. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And and so and I I hold on. okay, Andre. Let me get this out because you know I ain't gonna remember it. So, so here's the thing. So Alex, you're right, or I agree. Uh, uh, is a better term um, because uh, if we thought that way and you know who thinks that way more than men women really? you know how and you know how you, you raise a family right <laughs> and it is a balance because I go back to your word balance right and some things that your wife think of or your mate is I know. I listen. What your what your mate thinks about is totally different from what you think about. And it's more communal. It's it's more about the family and what you're gonna do, not just right now, but what you gonna what we gonna eat this week. You know, what what how are we gonna take care of the family, you know, not just today, but tomorrow. And so there is the balance. And I think, you know, we could do a better job, uh, Jameson, because you point, brought up this point, if women, you know, um, were in more positions of leadership. Meaning, I don't, have, I, I don't have to leave it up to Alex, Andre, and Jameson to think about how the community will move forward because women do that just as a natural instinct. 
And I understand, and I know we can go back to say, well, not all women and some women, y'all know what I mean. I'm talking about just women in general. And so I think we need to, uh, I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about the state of the Black community, I think we need to talk about talk about women being in more leadership positions, just not inside the church, but outside as well. Because so, you know, we, we, we love to follow the the uh, uh the way things go in society versus the other way around so, in the church go ahead andre mm-hmm. <clears throat> well i was going to ask yes. you just um so you being a woman in ministry yeah i'm sure you face many challenges and many issues um i know your father is your pastor did you have a situation where um dad was no. like um you know I don't I don't I don't I don't believe in women. I don't believe in women in ministry. So I don't know if, if you know we well, if we're gonna do that. Say, or have you had that support say from, that I'm sure from my mama would have, you know, did something to him. So um no, I've never had my father um go against me. Now what I will say will say is that you know, as supportive as my dad, who is my pastor, as supportive as he is, he still doesn't understand what it's like to be a woman in ministry. Because, right, because he was the first one to to support me. He went to bat for me. He, I mean, you know how y'all were talking about um, not kind of wanting to go, y'all don't want to go against the grain and you want to kind of upset the order and things like that. Well, I saw him doing the opposite. I saw him doing the exact opposite of all that. He had to lose some friends. That's just what it's gonna be, right? Because of his stance of on uh, of women in ministry. But then you know um, that probably hurt some of his relationships as well. You know, um, just by him standing up not just for for me but for women in ministry and that kind of goes with the territory especially when you're navigating missionary baptists especially when you're in these certain circles and you choose not to leave because you best believe i could have gone to another denomination and like i said earlier i thought about it plenty of times because i'm like i don't even know if this is worth it you know y'all ain't even all that for me to stand here and <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man, do do all of this, and I can go somewhere and be, you know, readily accepted. <laughs> not saying that trouble wouldn't be over there, you know, or obstacles would not. I wouldn't have to confront obstacles, you know, in another space. But what I am saying is, um, like we know certain denominations who readily accepts women in ministry, you know, especially women who preach. But I decided to stay in Missionary Baptist because I thought about the little girls who were going to come after me. I would look in, I would look in my congregation as I sit in the pulpit and I'm looking at these little girls, you know, mm. some are teenagers, um, you know, uh, four, four, five, and six, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, what if I leave? And they're called. Who would be here to help them? Or who would be the example for them? 
who would they see in this seat? Now, yeah, it could have been somebody else, but that somebody was going to be me. Right? And so that's what made me, you know, um, stay. Because I was thinking about the future um, young women that would become Okay. Because my, I know because yeah, I'm using my phone like Alex doing again. to keep going it's out. It's been a bad night with your connection. I don't know Ooh. what's going on. Damn. All the time and it don't never go out. But listen, every time. Pow, pow, pow. Every time. Shots fired. Pow, pow, pow. It cut my mic off or something. Okay, but yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. I know a lot of pastors yeah. who have children, usually they push back and will push back and say, well, you know, you're not going to be able to preach mm-hmm. and, you know, you can do this and do that. Uh, there's a prominent pastor in Louisville who went and saw his daughter get ordained. Oh, wow. And when she comes, he lets her teach the Sunday school. Yeah, no, it was a it was a woman, uh, a woman who in the sanctuary, uh, but from the floor. Pretty just years ago, and uh, in Nashville, and her dad was like, "No, I don't believe in women preachers." And guess who was called? His daughter. His daughter. His daughter was called, and I think that happens. I've seen that happen quite mm. a few times. Like who people who were adamant about. Uh, women not being able you know to preach or being called by God and God calls someone very close to them yeah they call their wife who who you because God is gonna be the one I uh, know now that's the challenge now that's the challenge I think I can get through daughter but wife that's the challenge, but we'll we'll leave that alone. That's a, that's another conversation for another day. That is another conversation for another day, and um, I might have someone that can speak to that uh, that whole situation. But um, <laughs> we only got about five, maybe maybe about four five minutes left. Um, and, and I don't know. The conversations just get better and better. You want to just keep going, but mm-hmm. have the cognizant of the listeners as well. Um, so your dad started the church. Was it because of your call, or I would probably think just, so, right? Know, because or, or did, um, did that God help? Did that push it forward? Heart. You know, I don't think that that he actually knew that I would be called right like I don't think my dad knew that I was going to be called to preach um because it was already on his heart to start a ministry right to start his church and so um but when uh, 
to to do what you had told him. I, it's what I asked you. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Can you you're hear me struggling now? right now. You're every getting oh, every other Lord. word. So I was saying, what did y'all what did, what did y'all hear then? Because okay, I was. Again. <laughs> what did y'all? Oh Lord. Every other word. Okay, While we were, I said that his heart um, and God, you know um, then, God had already yeah, it was, uh, placed it on his heart to start church, to start a ministry, um, and then my calling probably you know help push it along because I was unaccepted at the church we were currently attending you know and so that I know everybody doesn't they don't have that like okay. I was incredibly blessed to have a supportive pastor right in in the beginnings of my of my preaching ministry um and then to have my dad's support still to this day so I know that's not the norm and that's why I wanted to stay so I could give support to people who are coming up, to women who are coming up after me. You pass that along. Yep, I do. I do. And you serve as the assistant and pastor? And I've been preaching for 15 years now. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so the, the God can call whoever. To, the, the word teaches us that his spirit <laughs> fell on all flesh. Not just flesh that true had that, male reproductive that. organs. <laughs> so yeah, as we prepare to, to close and prepare to wrap up. Um, I believe every closing said, Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. No, yeah. I don't. Y'all give y'all closing comments. Uh, <laughs> for me, uh, after two weeks so, of yes. being gone, I'm just glad to no, be no. back We're with so my family. Glad to have you. Oh, we missed you. I'm just yeah, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. If it wasn't for certain people, I probably would still be feeling bad right now. Mm-hmm. One of them is on here right now. Jesus saying that, uh, a certain man my behind go to the doctor uh, uh, a to certain get woman. Out. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, right. oh, a, a certain I'm woman. So yes. certain yeah. Uh, Andre. I'll just call his name. Andre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be. To God be the Lord. Thank God that you're back and that you're well. Um, So, yes, women women can preach. Women are called. Women can do um, (coughs) phenomenal jobs, just like a man can do a phenomenal job. Um, Just something that irritates me. And I pray that, you know, women don't feel as if they have to defend their call. 
is when they stand up and and preach and try to defend their call. If God calls Amen. you, God will qualify you, Amen. and it will be evident in your preaching moment that you don't have to justify it. Come on, boy, you man. don't have to defend it. As, if you spend some time with the text and you study to show yourself approved, it'll be evident that God called you to be God's preacher. I'll just say it's been a really interesting conversation and I really appreciate everyone's perspective. And I hope that our listeners, I hope that as you hear this, uh, there'll be some things you agree with, some things you disagree with. But I just ask you to be open. Just be open. Be open and be truly willing to experience it and to really search it out because it's easy for you to agree with or to perpetuate what you've been taught but go and really research for yourself <coughs> what you really believe Amen. go and really search the scriptures and search your heart your experience your walk with God then be ready to make your opinion don't just say I don't believe in this because pastor said so <laughs> we got a lot of those y'all you know mm-hmm. And then when you go search, and then when you go and search the scriptures, don't be a fundamentalist and say just because the Bible said this. Why did the Bible say that? Who said that? What was going on to make them say that? Really look into it. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. I think I've um. I'm like James. I'm saying what I've had to say. But and Alicia. Uh. I, I. But I will close. Um, with saying, um, you know, I am a witness to the power of God and what God can call you to do and how God will equip you to do what God has called you to do, right? In the face of adversity, in the face of, um, you know, naysayers and um, those who want to see you fail, right? I had somebody get mad. I had, I preached and um, I did a presidential address. I was the president of the Women's Intermediate Auxiliary. And I preached because I'm a preacher. I ain't given an address. I preached. And women felt liberated. And that's why the preacher got mad. Because I was not going to uphold the status quo and keep women in their place. And so if 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 somebody gotta be mad at me, please be mad at me. Oh please, I hope. And I think women need to to hear and understand that it is so important for your support of other women. It is so important to have the support of other men, of of preachers, of other male preachers in this male-dominated space. Mm -hmm. And it it is only male-dominated because a lot of women don't feel comfortable announcing their calling or walking in it. So I would hope, um, like my colleagues and and like Alex so eloquently um, stated, if you just stay open be open to receive what God has for us I think we can do some phenomenal things if we shake it up a little bit 
if we have women who are leading in spaces that typically would not be there like it's time it's time for a change it's time for us to um walk differently inside of the church in a more communal way so that's all i have to say and i appreciate everyone for listening this week talking about women in ministry yes ma'am and we need more women in ministry. Yes. So, uh, walking. Yes. The Enjoying the conversation. Yes. Yes. Well, I you don't call me that. Yeah, I'm broke. Really. <laughs> but y'all, we appreciate it. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you. Um, sharing with us, find our group in uh, on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter is on its way. Conversation in the Black, uh, we need your support and we want you to hey, hashtag man, join the conversation. So, see y'all, love y'all, mean it. Look forward to hearing and Bye. seeing y'all next week.